This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. We may be a comic duo, but we take mental health very serious. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and is completely online. BetterHelp is a network with over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, answer a few questions, and BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash amp. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash amp. Well, we're here. We're here. And we're recording. Hello. (laughs) Sorry, girl. No, it's okay. We all have a little anxiety before we start recording. Well, and you know what? You know what happens is I can't see her. So, yeah. you know, when you see people's faces when they're in front of us, you know, and I'm, oh, I, definitely help. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a people person. I like them in front of me. So I don't know, like if she was like, Hey, she said my name right. Or she didn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it, it's a little harder when you're, when it's just audio, but yeah. Okay. So Cass, I know Cass is not on socials. No. So I just kind of want to introduce her to you and Wendy to Cass. Hello. <laughs> So Wendy and I have been like Facebook friends for many, many years. Many years ago, she taught a, what was a Zumba class, Wendy? No, it was like a in-home walking, in-home walk yes. a little bit. Yeah. And then it got really big after that. So I took a couple classes and she taught them and then we've just stayed friends. And I, I mean, kids were young. I don't even know if you had Alyssa at the time. <laughs> I believe I did, but he was really little. And that's how we met. That's amazing. It was like a mutual friend said, come to this class. And then I met Wendy and we followed each other on Facebook. And we have the same birthday. Oh, yes. Which means you have, the same, birthday twin. You yeah. have the same birthday as my grandson then too. Yes. October 14th. Yep. Oh, that's the best birthday ever. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was meant to be. I mean, it was just meant to be. So Exactly. So I have been following her on Facebook for a long time. So I feel like I know her life, but I know nothing about her life because Facebook is Facebook, you know. Yeah. But I'm really excited that you're here, Wendy, and thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. We, oh, um, I can't you guys enough for letting me be a guest on your podcast. I am very, very thankful, and I appreciate the opportunity very much because I really want to share my story. Wendy has had a few jobs, like you've done cake decorating, right? Mm-hmm. And she's an assistant teacher now, right? Yes, I'm a teacher's aide for sixth grader. Teacher's aide, yep, yep. So she stays very busy. And along with all that... Well, my book is called Their Wings Caught the Sun. It is a book that was published a little bit earlier this year. And it is something that I've wanted to do. I've wanted to write a book and get it, a book published since I was literally like in early high school. I've loved writing, um, been told that I am a good writer. And so I've tried to start writing a book many times throughout my life and never really got anywhere with it because I didn't know what to write about, you know? Like, how do you just pick something out of the air and write about it? So I tried a few novels, never finished them, you know? And so, fast forward to 2021, um, actually fast forward to 2019, October of 2019, I met Nick and I had been through a a first marriage um, that was quite long and that had ended, and I definitely, I think there's two kinds of women in a situation like that um, after, you know, splitting up with a spouse. I think there's women who say, I am done with men. I don't even want to look at a man, and I will be single for the rest of my life. And then there's women 
who are more like that, unfortunately, was not meant to last. But I'm still, you know, I'm still relatively young and I definitely want someday another partner. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely was that second kind of woman. And so in 2020, I'm sorry, in 2019, I met Nick and Nick was extremely compatible for me. And we had a date, a first date, and it was kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, after one date, you can totally see it being a long-term thing. Okay. So he and I met in October of 2019 and, you know, we were just so incredibly great for each other. His sense of humor was even better than mine. (laughs) Um, Hard to believe. I know. Right. I mean, I'm pretty funny. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, anyone who knows me knows I've got quite a goofy side and his goofy side was phenomenal. And we just, we, we enjoyed each other immensely. And after a year of dating, he, um, after a little less than a year of dating, he popped the question and I immediately said yes. And so in October of 2020, one year after we met, we got married. We had a very, very small wedding. Um, literally was in his dad's uh, family room. It was supposed to be in his dad's backyard, but it ended up in the family room because it, right at four o'clock when it was supposed to start, it started pouring and it didn't stop. So um, we got married in his dad's family room and we were just, just over the moon. Um, we were so excited to start our life together and grow old together and, we had so many plans. We loved to go camping in the motorhome, and he wanted to go to uh, Montana to Yellowstone. Then he wanted to take our daughters. Um, we have one daughter. He wanted to take our daughters uh, to South Dakota. We had so many plans, and we were just so so excited. And then uh, five months after we were married, in March of 2020, the COVID year. He started complaining of a weird pain on his right side, and he's like, I'm just going to go get it checked out. And you never think that it's going to be anything major. Um, And I talk about in my book how, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was at work, and he was at the doctor's office, and he was texting me you know, kind of giving me updates. And first he's like, they think it's probably my gallbladder. I'm like, okay, well, just let me know if you need me to come to the hospital. I, if you need emergency surgery or whatever, I'll be around. I can leave work, you know? And, um, then he called me and when I answered the phone, he was crying and this man did not cry. Mm. So that's when I, my heart, you know how just instantly something triggers your heart to just start beating practically out of your chest. <laughs> yeah. So that's, I, I sat down, um, at the time I was working at a grocery store bakery decorating cakes. So I found a chair and I sat down and he's like, they found immeasurable tumors on my liver on the CT. Mm. And I said, okay. And he goes, they think I have cancer, liver cancer. And, um, I said, well, they think, but we don't know that yet. So I was like, I wouldn't put much stock into it yet. And um, that was kind of my attitude at first, like when I first, first found out. So fast forward five more months and he passed away of uh, stage four liver cancer uh, in on August 9th of 2021. So oh, we're coming up on the two year anniversary. Wow. I can't believe it's been two years, so- first of all. I can't either. I know time flies, but oh my gosh. It's, and, and it's interesting because they say the first year after losing someone very close to you is hard, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I, 
I've had people tell me the second year, for some reason, is a little harder. And they weren't kidding. I mean, especially this time of year, this is when he was going into, he was just starting hospice care, first in-home hospice for a couple days, and then into the hospice facility. And this, this time of year, even though I don't live um, down in Cedarburg, Wisconsin, where we lived, I did move up, up north a bit. But just the, the feeling in the air and the, the hotness and the humidity and everything about this time of year is make is just transporting me right back to two years ago and what I, what we were going through. And it, it was, Oh my gosh. So the second year in my experience has been a bit harder. Um, but what my book does is it goes through it. There are 16 chapters and like the first half of the book is all about how we met, when we met. Um, there's stories that, make you absolutely crack up. Um, and then the second half of the book is not as much fun as the first half. The second half is basically everything that happened between his diagnosis and his passing. So, um, you know, I was just, um, listening to your YouTube. You just put a YouTube out today, right? five hours ago and I listened to the whole thing on lunch and Mm -hmm. you said you know just get through it just read the whole book just get through it and I think your first line on a lot of your uh, overviews or introductions says you want real this is real or let's get real something like that right exactly Mm -hmm. so you said there's some fun and quirky stories in there and then the last few chapters it gets pretty serious and it's real life exactly it is real life the the first it definitely draws you in I love telling stories I'm just a natural storyteller um so yeah the the book definitely draws you right in and a lot of people who have read it have said I could not stop reading it. I could not put it down. And um, I have also had people say, I I love, you know, the first several chapters of the book, but I, I, I don't think I can read any more of it because I know what happened. Yeah. And just, you know, I just say, please push through it because there's a message. There's a very, very clear message in my book. And in order to fully uh, own that message, you have to read the whole thing. You have to get through the hard part. Um, and the, the hard parts are the ones that I know there are so many people out there, probably so many people listening to your podcast that get it, that have been there or that are there right now mm-hmm. uh, or know someone who's going through something similar. And this book is about, this book has a message that is for anyone who loses someone very close to them. So I can't think of very many people that would not get something personal out of this, out of my book. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I wrote the, the hard chapters, like you said, in a very real, very transparent way. Um, I write very conversationally and, you know, it's just, it's, it's very, it's very difficult to read, Mm -hmm. um, part of the book, but it, it, once you get to the last chapter and it just all kind of comes full circle, you realize, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who felt like this. Um, I'm not the only one who is having trouble dealing with my grief. You know, it's, it's just such a, it has a very inspiring and very, very hopeful and comforting message. And I give advice, especially in the last chapter about how to deal with going through something like this. And every chapter also has what I call an art page. And so People might look at my book and be like, wow, that's an expensive book. 
unfortunately, that's because any book that's published with color is very expensive to print for the publisher. So, um, but there are 16 color art pages that go with each chapter and they just, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not much of an artist, but a lot of, you know, I did a lot of doodles and a lot of quotes and creative lettering and just things that helped me portray what the words in that particular chapter really mean. So, well, it's a beautiful cover and we're kind of just taking a look at it as you talk right now. And it's just, it, mm-hmm. it is, there is a lot of color. And then, like you said, there's doodles in there. Right. And it's all yours and everything has to be printed in color so that you can really get what you're trying to put out there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. It does not have nearly the same effect if, if it's not in color. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So can we go to author Wendy? Like, I kind of want to learn your process. First of all, you're going through something that this is, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a sad story, but then you mm-hmm. also put your energy into writing this book. So what was your process? And I know you've been a blogger. I've read your blogs before. And, um, yeah. and, and I know that you have a couple things on your website as well. Their wings caught the mm-hmm. sun. You have a couple things. Like, I think that's, uh, dating after being a widow. And so you're still writing even after this book, which is amazing. Yeah. Yes, there's a blog on my website, wendyroble.com. Yeah. Yes, yes, thank you. Um, so can you just t- kind of talk about the author, Wendy, and, you know, your process or, you know, don't give away too many secrets in case there's another book out there, or I should say when there's another <laughs> book out there. But, yeah. yeah. So I decided the day that I knew I was going to write this book was the day that Nick was diagnosed with end-stage cancer. So what I did was I kept, I, I documented texts that I sent to friends and texts that I received from friends. And I documented, there's a website a lot of your listeners probably know about called Caring Bridge. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and just to keep people updated on, on how things are, I saved, you know, all of my Caring Bridge posts and, um, I, I even saved a few snippets from my own personal journal because I knew that these would all eventually be part of my book. So when I decided to sit down and write the book, um, about about a year, a little bit less than a year after Nick passed, I decided to work uh, to cut my job, full-time job down to part-time and I decided to treat my writing this book as my second part-time job. Mm. If you're wanting to write a book and you do not pretty much put it on your calendar and block off chunks of time to work on it, it's not going to get written. Yeah. So, um, first I wrote it and I just sat on my laptop and wrote. It was not difficult for me. I, when I start typing, my fingers start flying. Then when the book was written, um, the publisher edited it. And uh, then, I, then I started to work on the art pages. So I wrote the book. Then I, made the, I planned out the art pages, the art page for each chapter. Um, and just kind of figured out what I wanted each page to look like. And they're all very unique and different from each other. And so I, you know, I use watercolor paints and markers and I just went to town on the art pages and, you know, it all flowed very smoothly once I started. And I would say it took me about four months of, you know, give or take. And I know that some people work on a book for, a year or more, this one just flowed out of me so, so, so easily. You know, I was going to ask you that because you would post that you're writing a book and then I felt like, you know, I logged back onto the socials and it was done and you had a publisher. I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah. It really, it really went quickly and smoothly. I just, I didn't have writer's block. I didn't have any, you know, I didn't struggle with what to write or anything like that it just came together so wow, that's amazing it it was all just in my mind and had to, uh, had to get it out you know and so 
I was it, I was going to say that definitely you had it all already there. You just needed to put it down, yeah. right? Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah, it was there. It wasn't, I didn't have to reach for anything. And I've also heard the quote, write what you know, and I could not agree with that more. Because yeah, so true. It is just so, that is such a no-brainer, right? You know, because, and you're not going to have much trouble <laughs> finding yeah. what, knowing what to I feel like we like that on the podcast yeah. too, though on both podcasts. Well, see, that's, we just I don't, talk about what we know. I don't talk much on this one because, <laughs> well, yes, it's very serious, right? Well, well I even told Wendy that I said we're gonna let you do all you. This is all yeah. your episode. I told right, right, Wendy. I was like, you just do all the you talking. Did. We'll ask a yeah. couple questions if it comes up, but right. you know, I have another question on your publisher. Yeah. How did you pick them? Is it Westbo Press? Westbo Press is a publisher that it's a a hybrid publisher or a self or a guided self publishing uh, publisher. So how did you find them? They actually found me. Uh, I had I had filled out something online, a form about finding a Christian publisher because my book does have a, a Christian message to it ultimately. Mm-hmm. And I filled out a form with the details and Westville Press called me shortly thereafter. And at first I was thinking, oh my God, this can't, they're probably not legit. Um, it's probably a scam, you know, mm-hmm. but they did. So it wasn't like they're Westville Press, for those who are familiar, is a division of Zondervan Publishing. And um, what they told me, and I absolutely believe this, is that if you want to publish a book as a a new first-time author, it's very, very difficult to get a traditional publisher to even accept your manuscript, much less reach out and say, we want to publish your book. Mm. At this, this day and age, it is nearly impossible. So I did go with them and I did make an investment in this book because they did, you know, help me every step of the way with editing and, you know, cover design and everything. Um, and so that's why they're called a basically a guided self-publishing publisher because they they made it happen ultimately and they guided me. But the great thing is everything you see in the book is a hundred percent me. Like they, there was very, very little I even had to change or, I mean, I had to, it's, it's protocol when you're writing a book to get the book um, edited. Um, but thankfully I, I'm kind of a, I'm a, member of the grammar police and so I didn't have a lot of mistakes and also my the way I write is pretty untraditional like I said I write pretty conversationally so there's when you read my book you'll see that there are some there's some technically incorrect grammar but that's because I write like I talk oh sure sure you know like I will start a sentence with and or start a sentence with because you know yeah uh, because that's how I get that's how I get my point across and that's how I make an impact on the reader. Um, so that's, I guess, part of my realness is just kind of my writing style casual. What I'm working on really hard now is just getting it out there and getting it into people's hands and getting it in front of people who need it. And so as far as I think the soft cover has been by far the most popular because it's, it's a hard copy of the book that you can hold in your hands and see the, the pictures, but it's less expensive than the hard cover. Yeah. So that's, I would say like probably 90% or so of the copies that have sold have been the, the um, soft cover copy. And yeah. that's what I would recommend as well. That's definitely what I would recommend. Yeah. I'm not an ebook reader, so I think I would definitely do the soft copy. Although I do yep. like the hard copy if your signature's in there. So maybe we'll talk about Ooh, that after this. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're, they're all, I mean, they're, the hard copy is beautiful too, but. Yeah. 
I know people have uh, are trying to stay in budget. So sure, of course. No, that's thanks for sharing that. Um, I just I already want to read the book, but I don't want to read the book like everybody else does because now I know how it ends. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hard to yeah. read a book when you know how it ends. That's so true, and there's no question about how it ends because right on the back of the book and on the synopsis that you'll see online on my website on Amazon. It tells exactly, you know, that I, it says that uh, their world was rocked and her dream was wrecked, both excited to be starting over in their life, in their 40s, sorry, they realized quickly that their life together will be cut dramatically short. Yeah. Um, but then, you, and that's why I say you've got it, you've got to push through finish it. it. I yeah. promise, try, that's okay. I have a friend. One of my best friends said, I had to read it when I wasn't babysitting my grandkids, which, you know, she babysitting a lot. She said, because I didn't want them to see me cry. Yeah. So, you know, um, and that's okay. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't, yeah. I mean, for real. If a book makes you cry, that is a darn good thinking book, you know? Yeah. So don't be afraid to have emotional reactions to it. Because, so what I say at the end of the synopsis is, but there is still beauty to be found in impossible situations. There is still God, and he is still good. Despite bitter anger towards him, Wendy begins seeing blessing after blessing and clings to the peace and joy that only he can give. Wendy shares the real raw feelings she experienced during this traumatic time and ultimately helps readers recognize that God is still good and he truly is with you every step of the way. He wants to love you, heal you, and give you immeasurable hope. Can you please tell us about the gummy worm? <laughs> oh, I would be happy to. And my second one, which I feel like we have a lot of women that listen, Wendy. So I, yeah. I just have a feeling, I could be wrong, but they want to know how it is dating after being a widow. So let's have some fun first, and then let's see if you can give some advice as well. I love both of those questions. <laughs> very much. Okay, so... The gummy worm. <laughs> I'm laughing already. Oh my gosh! If only and this this is um this story is told in great detail in the book, but just to give people a little preview, um, when Nick was at the hospice facility, it was literally the week before he passed, and um, some friends of ours had sent us some marijuana gummy worms because they were specifically supposed to help with chemo side effects. Mm -hmm. And so when, when they're, when our friends sent us these gummies, they said, do not eat the whole gummy, eat like a quarter of it, maybe not even that much at one time because they're powerful. And they were sour gummies. Okay. So, Nick tried them. They didn't help all that much. But so I was down in the basement looking for a form or something. And what, what I came across was an envelope. I'm like, oh, there's something in here. What is it? And because, you know, the envelope was like bulky. So I look in there and there's one blue marijuana gummy worm. <laughs> and I thought if ever I was about, I was about to go visit him just in, you know, half an hour or so. And I was bringing our dog, Olive, because they let dogs in to visit at most hospice facilities. Mm. So, um, I decided if ever I needed a marijuana gummy, it's today. And I ate that whole gummy. It's <laughs> <laughs> now I, or never. <laughs> Oh my gosh, yeah. And I had completely forgotten or, you know, just brain blank about the fact that you should only eat about a quarter of it at a time. And so I ate that whole worm. And I had never, ever touched marijuana. I had never touched a cigarette. <laughs> um, so I had no, no clue what was going to happen. So anyway, I get the dog into the car. We're on the, we go to the hospice center. We get to the room. Nick's dad was there at the same time. And um, the woman that 
Nick's dad was dating at the time as well. So the four of us were, or, I'm sorry, the three of us were visiting him all at the same time. And I looked across the room at Nick's dad's girlfriend. And I'm not kidding you, her head was hovering above her neck like it was on a balloon <laughs> string. <laughs> and at that moment, that's when it kicked in, you guys. And I knew it right at that moment. Oh, crap. <laughs> and so I, you know, and there was nothing. It was over. There was nothing I could do about it at that point. I mean, it kicked in in a split second. And so I started to feel, I can't even describe it, but but now I can say I know what it feels like to be stoned off your butt. <laughs> and um, it was really not intentional, but you know, my brain was clouded at that point. So anyway, then we went out, um, his dad and I went out in the lobby for a bit and there were books, uh, floating above coffee tables. And I'm not, I, I wish I could say I was joking, but I, I, that is, Oh my goodness. And the wallpaper was like, are you sure it was just? Are you sure it was just marijuana? Sounds in more there? like mushrooms or something, dude. I, you were I tripping, mean, I, girl. You were tripping. I was. I was tripping very hard, <laughs> and I could not believe how how I was feeling. Um, it, it, wallpaper was moving in a wavy pattern on the wall. I oh, there were times when I was literally blacking out, not oh. like pat, but blacking out, and I would then I would like come back into consciousness and be like, what just happened in the last 15 minutes that I think I missed? And (laughs) it was awful. And so I had the dog there and I'm trying to deal with the dog. She's a, she was a beautiful black lab and I'm trying to deal with the dog and trying to, um, act like I wasn't high as a kite, you know? And so that was, you know, I hate to say this, but, I actually drove home in that condition because if I hadn't driven home, I didn't know how long, like when it would start to wear off. Right. But somehow I got the dog in the car and I drove home. It was only like a seven, eight minute drive. But, you know, I made it home and I laid, I got home and I laid down on the bed for about four hours and I just like let myself just, feel what I had to feel and finally it wore off started to wear off that evening but never ever again will I let myself do anything like that because it was a horrible feeling (laughs) do you think anyone around you knew what was happening did you tell them here's the funny thing I (laughs) saw his dad and his dad's girlfriend um I don't know sometime last year I think it was and I asked them, at the time, I did not say anything to them. But I asked them, you know, way after the fact, did you know that I was stoned off my butt at the hospice center the day that we brought, the day, the, the day that I brought the dog? And they laughed and laughed and said, <laughs> we had no clue. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't know how. But I must have held it together just enough. You played it very cool. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's great. Never again. First and last time for that kind of thing. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, that was a story and a half. Okay, so and then let's go on to the dating after. Yeah. So if you are in your 40s or 50s and you're a single woman, whether you've been married before or you're a widow or you just simply are single. It is really hard to find someone decent to date. Um, And so the way that I think of it is like searching for a really nice sweater at a, like a goodwill. Mm. Uh, And it's, that is the best analogy that I've been able to come up with because I have, I have quite a bit of, uh, online dating experience under my belt, mm-hmm. uh, mostly before Nick, tiny bit after Nick, and it has been 
just a jungle, just an absolute circus. Um, and so I, I kind of compare it to walking into Goodwill with like kind of a, cer- a certain type of sweater in mind that you want to find, a certain color, certain size. And you have to go through racks and racks and racks of clothes to maybe find something similar to the sweater that you have in mind. Mm-hmm. And it takes a long time. It, sometimes you go to Goodwill and you look and look and look and you try one on, but it doesn't fit well. And then you try another one on and it's not the right material. Um, and then once in a great, great, great while, you find just the sweater you've been looking for. And so I, I feel like finding, finding a potential mate in this, you know, crazy day and age, which makes me sound so old when I say that, but, um, it is, it is like finding a needle in a haystack. So Mm, I was going to say, I can't, I've been married. Well, I've been with my husband for 20 years. And mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine trying to date in this, no, in this day real. and age right now. It's so weird. It is incredibly weird. And, yeah, that's putting it mildly. Do you I, think you know, that the it, sweaters it, just aren't crocheted right? <laughs> They're just not sewed right? Like, what what is up with these sweaters? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some of the sweaters are really into you for, like, a week and then suddenly go <laughs> They disappear from your closet. (laughs) What the heck? Do better. Do better, men. Come on, do better. better. (laughs) For real, please. Um, I've broken up with a few sweaters. (laughs) It's tough, you know. You think you like the sweater, you wear the sweater, and then it's just not a great great sweater. Then it's 115 degrees out. (laughs) Can't wear the sweater. Exactly. The oh sweater just, gosh. Yeah. Um, you, typically, the pattern is after about two to three months of wearing that sweater, you start realizing it's got a hole in it, or there's it's a loose thread. Real itchy. So, yeah, it's, real it's itchy. Real itchy. <laughs> very itchy. So oh gosh. <laughs> anyway, to that's great. Um, to give you guys just a little update, I am dating now and it definitely definitely seems like I found the sweater oh fantastic good yeah it is amazing I never thought that I would ever meet just the right sweater again but I think that I have so that's amazing um it is possible and one thing that has felt so good is laughing again you guys like oh yeah I bet Holy cow, it's like medicine. It's like a, it's just like a balm to just laugh so hard you can hardly breathe and your stomach muscles hurt, you know? Yeah. That kind of laughter has been completely absent from my life for about two years now. And just to have that kind of laughter back <laughs> is, it feels so stinking good. So, oh, so happy for other, you. Thank you so much. That's another very specific example of hope. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're 75 and you lost your spouse, if you aren't the kind of person that wants to be alone for however long the rest of your life is, there's hope. There's hope and um, it will get better. And all of those horrible, horrific, unbearable moments once you've gotten to the other side of them, you are definitely stronger. And that it's so cliche, like what doesn't what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But it does. It makes you stronger. It gives you a tougher skin and it makes you very, very compassionate and very, very appreciative of every single moment. Um Another thing that I tell people is if you're planning, if you're like, yeah, someday I think we should go to, I really want to go to like 
I don't know, anywhere. Italy. I want to I go to Italy. Perfect example. And that seems like a huge deal because it's expensive and it's a long plane ride and a lot of packing and preparing and planning. Don't wait. Don't wait. We are not guaranteed tomorrow. We're put, not. Put it on the credit card. I am absolutely making my husband yes. listen to this episode. <laughs> Do it, girl. <laughs> because for real, you just don't, you don't know how much time you have. And I talk about also how we had a trip planned to um, Yellowstone in Montana for September, the September after we got married. Well, he passed before that. So he, being the strong-willed, amazing person he was, he's like, let's move the trip up to May because he goes, I have no idea how long I have. And, I mean, they gave us a sort of an idea, but turned out to be completely wrong. But anyway, we went in May. We flew out to Montana. We rented uh, a motorhome and drove from... Uh, from the airport in Bozeman to Yellowstone National Park, and we stayed at a campground in that motorhome for a week, and we just drove around and walked around Yellowstone in May of 2021. And I can't tell you guys, there are no words for how thankful I am that we took that trip and that he, he felt good enough to take that trip. Yeah, to, and, to move it up and go then, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not saying to, like, live in fear by any means. Please don't. But also, just do it. You I know, say, yeah, don't, don't, don't pass up the opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You just don't know. You just don't know. And make those memories. Make them. Take pictures. Take videos. You know, because now when I see a video of Nick, I get to hear his voice, you know, and does it make me bawl usually, but I get to hear his voice yeah. and I get to see his smile, you know, in videos and, you know, don't just make memories and don't wait that's any longer amazing. than you have to. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. yeah very good. Mm-hmm. So where can everyone find your book, find your story, find you? Can you please share all that for our listeners? And we'll also share it in the notes too. Great. So my author name is Wendy Roble. Um, it's Wendy, like in Peter Pan, W-E-N-D-Y. Last name Roble is R-O-B-E-L. And pretty much your one-stop shop is wendyrobel.com that is my author website you'll get an introduction to the book you'll get a little preview of it um you'll be able to communicate with me if you want to you can send me questions comments anything um and I would definitely welcome people to do that I I love talking to people I love sharing my story um I'm not shy about it at all so if you need to talk I'm here and you can also purchase the book from that website. Um, you can purchase it directly from Westbow Press through my website. And um, you just click on menu and the pull down menu has, uh, I think, buy book or something like that. And you can just click on that. It's also available on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. I was looking for my glasses and they're on my head. Um <laughs> One thing that happened to me that I think maybe some people can relate to is when Nick was in hospice and and after he passed, I couldn't listen to music with lyrics. Mm. I know that sounds really strange, but I could not because one of the things we did a lot was listen to music and sing along, you know, and even if it was a rap song, that was nothing with nothing romantic in it at all. I could not listen to music with, with words. <laughs> what I did was, um, I, what I wrote here is, uh, just another odd thing that happened when I was home without him, but I needed the companionship of music. So I put my clock radio on a Spanish station because I didn't understand the words. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. 
I needed music, but I didn't want to, to hear it, to understand I, it. Yeah. 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 Um, and another thing that happened is when I, Nick passed away at about 345, 330, 345 AM. Um, and the next morning I, I thought every night I had been leaving my phone ringer on because, you know, I didn't know when it was going to happen. And, but that next morning I woke up at like probably five ish to see that there were a bunch of voicemails from the hospice center on my phone. And I thought, Oh boy. So anyway, I did find out that he had passed that night and my, my first, my very, very, very first feeling was relief Mm. because was out of that pain and out of that suffering. And when you see someone suffer through cancer, you want them out of that pain. Yeah. Um, especially towards the end, you know? So I just said, so I said, shockingly, my first feeling was relief. Relief because my love was out of pain. Relief because my love would no longer have to endure misery. Most of all, relief because he was at that very moment with Jesus. Nick was in the presence of the Prince of Peace. Um, and so it was kind of weird to feel relief before grief, but, you know, I had been having anticipatory grief for the last five months, and so um, I had already started the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Funeral day arrived. How was I going to get through this day? What I really, really wanted to do was sit in the back row of the church with a paper bag over my head and just observe everything. I didn't want anyone to talk to me because that would make me cry. I didn't want to hug or interact with anyone. I was too raw and tender, and I wouldn't physically be able to do it. How did people do this impossible thing? But then I wrote about how I got through it and how it was absolutely amazing and very, very healing. And then... Last thing I'll read you is um, an excerpt from a Facebook post that I made. Um, I am incredibly honored that God chose me to be there for him. I wouldn't have it any other way. It was a very short whirlwind relationship, less than two years together. But it was a big part of God's calling on my life, and it changed me. My goodness, it changed me. So... Those are just some excerpts from the, the last couple chapters. Very good. But any just last thoughts, Wendy, before we... Yeah, I would say I do have some very specific pieces of advice that I will also share um, from the very last chapter. Uh, look for the beauty. It's much harder to find when you're going through something very, very difficult, but keep looking for the beauty. Um, even in little things like dragonflies. <laughs> that's why I that's why I called the book their wings caught the sun. Nick Nick loved dragonflies and he was just mm. fascinated with them and how their wings would just um sparkle when the sun hit them and so that's why um I chose that title for the book. Please don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Mm. Um your friends and family will be honored to help you during a time like this. Um, I wish that I would have asked for help a little bit more often. Um, even after he passed, when I was living alone in the townhome that we had shared together and I didn't know where to go with myself, I wish that I would have reached out more um, and said, hey, can you come over and just sit with me for a couple hours? You don't even have to talk, just sit, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Pamper yourself with things that comfort you. I have a little bit of an Altoid addiction. I love Altoids. Oh. The mint. Seriously strong peppermint. It's better than like so chalk. I, I've seen like some of those shows where they eat like toilet oh, paper yeah. or chalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Altoids mm-hmm. isn't bad. No, Altoids is pretty mild. So. <laughs> um, but even things like for me, any kind of glowing light, like firelight or candlelight, Twinkle are very comforting to me and blankets and my cats and a cup of coffee. Let, let yourself indulge in the things that comfort you. Um, 
please look for God. Um, when Jesus was on earth, he suffered many, many things during his life in this world so that he would know exactly what our suffering feels like. Um, also, don't be afraid to be angry at him. I was so angry at God for, well, on and off for quite a while. And I said some things to God that I never thought I'd say, but he can handle it. So don't be afraid to be honest with him. Um, and lastly, please know that it will not always feel like this. Um, so that's literally the last sentence of my book. It will not always feel like this. So those are just some other pieces of advice for someone going through something similar. Very, very good. I told you this would be a good interview. I know. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty much Aww. speechless on this one. Cass is never speechless, Wendy, and I she's know. speechless yeah. on this one. <laughs> wow. I know. You need to see the book. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I told her you're such a good storyteller that we won't have to say much anyways. Yes. Like you, I know you already <laughs> had a plan when we talked about it a couple weeks ago. I just, I just yeah. knew that that's how this was going to go. So. Just yeah. amazing. I just, I can't thank you enough for coming on here and super excited for the, your book promotion. And I know you're doing so much to get it out there and to be able to help other people. So we really appreciate you coming on here. And when you become very, very popular, don't forget the small people like us. That, that, uh... Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I promise I won't. <laughs> well, thank you. I can't thank, thank you enough you. for bringing me.